Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. You know, this month, my wife and I are celebrating our 12th wedding anniversary, so I was looking at some pictures uh, from our wedding from 12 years ago, and I how good I look in that tuxedo from Leon Tailoring. Not just me, but all my groomsmen as well. And so if you got a big formal event or a wedding this fall, or maybe wedding next spring, think about our good friends over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy would be happy to see you and happy to make you look as good today as I did 12 years ago. Well... It'll almost look as good as me as 12 years ago. I'm just kidding. So we're going to buy Leon Tailoring. They'll be happy to see you. 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. Well, good morning. Thanks for thanks for coming today. As past practice, uh, you know, we the House Republicans have always shared their agenda, and, and we're uh, happy to do that with uh, you today. You know, we continue to be focused on serving Hoosiers and accelerating the growth, and our session priorities will reflect that. You know, obviously our first commitment in this budget year is to being fiscally responsible. Hoosiers expect us to, to and deserve their state government that takes care of its needs, saves for a rainy day, and invests in the future, and that's what we will continue to deliver. We're in tremendous in, uh, position to invest in our state's greatest asset, and that's our people. We'll support significant investments in our mental health care providers and programs. We'll increase resources and services for low-income women and children. That began last uh, in the special session in Senate Bill 2, and we will continue to do that. We'll continue attracting businesses and talent. We'll uh, continue to put $500 million into the Ready program. It's become a critical economic development tool that's helped uh, pay dividends all across the state, and we believe we'll pay dividends for generations to come. Next, our economy needs to be continuously fueled by trained and skilled workforce. We, we expect this year to make another record investment in K-12, uh, which makes up about 50% of our state budget, and we'll continue to empower parents throughout the state by expanding on our top-ranked school choice program. We'll focus on empowering Hoosier students and families and providing flexibility and, and relevancy whether it's our high school, and we want to make sure our high school graduates uh, are prepared to enter the workforce, and they've got to be able to hit the ground running to meet their needs and our state's economic needs. Because of that, Representative Goodrich will carry House Bill 1002 uh, to expand work-based learning, apprenticeships, and internships opportunities across the state of Indiana. In addition, the bill will allow quality work-based learning to count towards high school graduation requirements to create a framework for students to earn a post-secondary credential. Every student should have the opportunity to meet with a career-focused, have a career-focused discussion while in high school, and we're going to ensure that happens. You know, I would say the key to House Bill 1002, I began talking about this and kind of rethinking high school, is to create flexibility, flexibility for where uh, the type of courses a student can take, flexibility to make sure kids get the, the pathways that they need, flexibility to make sure that they can take the class wherever they need to take it, and flexibility to make sure the money follows the student. So this is incredibly important important bill for us. I greatly appreciate the work of uh, Representative uh, Goodrich, of, of Dr. Jenner, who's been a tremendous collaborative partner for us, uh, the Governor's Workforce Council, and we'll work with all the stakeholders to improve the bill. You know, we've talked a lot about in the last couple of years, uh, rising health care costs for Hoosiers, patients, and employers. You know, Indiana has been a law, low cost of living state in almost every category but this one. Uh, and, and the House is committed to, to can continue to address this. So we have a pair of House bills, including House Bill 1003, which will be authored by Representative Snow, and House Bill 1004, which will be authorized, authored by Representative Shively, that aims to lower patient and employer costs through increased transparency 
accountability and competition in the healthcare marketplace. We want to continue to move the state and partner with stakeholders to move the state from a fee-for-service model of medical care to a truly a value-based care model. And we recognize this is a complex issue, and we're going to have to work with all the stakeholders, whether that's the, the insurers, the healthcare providers, uh, to the pharmaceutical companies. But you know, we'll never lose the sight of who we're really working for, and that's our priorities are the, the lower cost for who's your patients and who's your employers. House Bill 1005 is an incredibly important bill uh, in relationship to housing. You know, we, we have a housing, like so many places, we've got a huge demand for housing, just not enough supply. So Representative Miller will uh, author House Bill 1005, which is, supports expanding the Hoosiers' access to affordable housing options. Uh, we'll be partnering with our local communities as they're obviously through zoning and, and through uh, their plans. We'll partner with local communities that want to expand housing options across the state of Indiana and, and, and be supportive of that. House Bill 1006 that Representative Sturwall is carrying um, is a bill that we've worked a lot, he's worked a ton on uh, with law enforcement, our courts, our health care officials. Um, the bill will ensure individuals with mental health conditions retrieve treatments in local hospitals and not in jails. While public safety is paramount, and we will always focus on public safety, we want to make sure these folks can get the treatment they need in the right place for them to get it. And many times on those mental health issues, it's in a hospital, not in a county jail. House Bill 1007 um, deals with energy costs, something that we've talked a lot about. And Representative Soliday will be carrying it and it ensures that Indiana continues to support a diverse and robust energy plan that ensures reliability and affordability. On House Bill 1008, authored by Representative Manning, will ensure Indiana's public retirement fund investment strategies remain focused exclusively on maximizing returns and not on political and social issues. And then to round out our priorities, Representative Rowray will carry House Bill 1009, which will allow child support to begin at conception, um, as we believe that unborn children are owed the duty and support of both parents, and we will work with the, the courts as they uh, uh, change their child, they're in the process of change their child support guidelines to give that type of flexibility. So, you know, we, we're, we're going to be focused on these agenda items, you know, begins with the budget. We're, we're excited about our budget. Um, uh, opportunities and, and reducing health care costs, really providing more flexibility in education space, uh, addressing energy and, and, uh, and the issues I discussed. And I'll just say, uh, before I take questions, you know, this is an awesome collaborative process. I, I appreciate the governor's, uh, uh, governor, governor's uh, budget proposals. Um, they're robust. Uh, they're thoughtful. We're taking them, and we will take them into uh, uh, careful consideration, and we'll draft a budget based on our priorities. Our friends in the Senate will do the same, and then we'll collaborate to end to get to the right spot for the people of Indiana. So with that, happy to take questions. Mr. Speaker, uh, one item that's on your agenda is uh, partisan school board elections, uh, Republican, Democrats, and primaries. Any thoughts on that? I know you expressed some support for that. Yeah. Past, but you, you know, I'd really prefer to take the questions today about the agenda issues. Um, and happy as we get all the bills filed and we see what's going to happen, I'll, I'll address those bills as, as they get filed and move. How are you expanding school choice? You know, I think, you know, we're going to do it through both on the career and, and Representative Goodrich's bill in 1002 to make sure that we, uh, uh, um, 
you know, give flexibility in, in career savings accounts and the dollars follow the kids in, in that way, then we'll look at how we can do it through removing barriers to families that want to begin in the school choice program. Is that raising income Could be. It's one of the things we're talking about. So Current income eligibility for family for something like $83,000? 300%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so making sure families make north of $83,000 a year is on the agenda. Free textbooks not on the agenda. I would say there's a possibility that um, that all those things come into fruition. They're part of a budget, disco budget discussion. Uh, I would just note that, you know, we, we believe and we, and I've always been, I think consistent in that, Brandon, that uh, that parents have the opportunity to send their kids to the school that best meets their needs, and and we'll continue to have that focus. On the mental health front, um, is that in regards to you know someone who maybe has been detained or is in jail, um, and then they're experiencing a mental health crisis? Does that mean they're no longer treated there? They're treated. Sure, I think, and I, you know, I'll make sure Representative Sturwald has all those specific details. But, but the idea is, is before that person is is uh, is jailed, that there's an opportunity, if appropriate, that that person can go to a, to a hospital or a mental health facility and be evaluated uh, to see if the if the right thing for them to do is enter into that facility and 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 make sure they get treated there instead of just going directly to the jail and then sorting it out from there. And uh, you know, we just we think that's important. I'd say the other thing about mental health that's important is we know we need a, uh, we need more mental health providers, and and we'll be looking at how we can increase um, um, you know reimbursement rates for mental health services to create more um, more people that can help provide services to these people. And I appreciate Senator Kreider's leadership. I know it's a priority for the Senate, and we'll work together with them. Getting back to the school curriculum issue, uh -huh. how do you ensure that it looks like you're trying to get job training earlier into the high school curriculum? How do you ensure you don't end up still piping someone into a career uh, path that maybe get to their second semester senior year and realize, well, this just isn't for me? Well, and that's, I think that's one of the things. We, first, we got to give kids exposure. And, and, and that's a huge portion of it because there are, I bet you most of us aren't in the first profession that we entered into. And give kids exposure to the type of, of opportunities that, uh, you know, they may decide just like people go to college and after the first couple of years of college decide that isn't the, the uh, direction that they want to go. So, so, you know, what we want to do is give those kids those types of opportunities. You know, and the great thing about uh, the type of flexibility we're talking about and, the, and Dr. J, uh, Jenner, I think, is really being thoughtful about this is making sure that there's pathways and making sure there's exit ramps and entrance ramps, you know, because kids will, their opinions will change. But what's super exciting about so many of these issues is that we can ensure that kids are going to walk in out of college, walk in out of high school, whether they're going to go, you know, into a post-secondary workforce program, whether they're going to go to a two or four year college, that we can get them the skills that they need to begin to, to you know, uh, to be impactful in the workforce and the experiences that they need. It needs to be relevant. It needs to be applied, and, and I think I've talked to a bunch of school people who are excited about the flexibility and opportunity. It, it's been online, Mr. Speaker. Yeah. What if there's a question about maternity? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, all we're saying to the courts is that they can do this through their ch child support uh, guidelines. Uh, the paternity issues will be worked through through the courts. Uh, certainly, there are instances in where paternity is challenged, and it, it just goes through the courts. And I, and I know textbook is not on here, but it was a big topic of discussion today, I think, ways and means. I mean, are you willing to say, either way, if your caucus would 
Well, you know, we're talking about it. I think, you know, we, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we're going to spend uh, uh, about half the state budget on education, where where it goes and how it goes. I, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, curriculum materials in general, whether they be, you know, traditional textbooks, whether they're, they're e-textbooks, whether, you know, how, how curricular materials come into uh, uh, fruition is one of those things. We're just looking at the mechanisms. I, I totally... Um, Appreciate the governor's comments and support on this, and I'm not telling you that, that we won't do it. I, I just want to make sure our caucus and our our, uh, our committee has an opportunity to, to weigh it all out. You talked about housing. You talked about housing about, about working with local partners. Uh -huh. Does that include something that was talked about in the task force this summer? We talked about incentives to sort of relax some of these zoning. Within the bill, there are, there are priorities. Obviously, we want to focus on areas in which there are a lot of housing starts and those types of things. We certainly don't want, you know, we don't want the barrier. We don't want you to create barriers to affordable housing through, you know, what, uh, through unnecessary rules and regulations, but but we also want to ensure that we respect local zoning and and uh, so you know there's a priority list. We know housing in certain areas of the state that, that you know there isn't a problem. Uh, it may be a problem on affordability, but there's there's a lot of growth taking place. But in other portions of the state there aren't. So there'll be priorities about where the the funds. Uh, uh, how you can apply for funds and where they go to, and uh, you know we'll work with our with our colleagues to figure out the the best measure. But I really believe, like as we think about things that are going to drive Indiana forward and and leap Indiana, where where you guys know I talk about it all the time. I care a lot about population. We're fastest growing state in the Midwest. We got to grow faster. Is that housing's a, a barrier? When you talk to young people, uh, they they are talking all the time about how do I get into that. That housing store. Such as uh, being able to withhold rent if my landlord is delinquent on maintenance. Um, not part of my agenda, and I'm not sure I know exactly. Um, I'm happy to look into it further, but don't have a real comment on it now. Uh, on the end of the budget, uh, is there any uh, property tax relief for any political property tax situation? Uh, yeah, so we, you know, uh, we have a few weeks here to, to get to the uh, point where we have to release our budget. We're working with uh, DLGF and the folks that really understand what people will see in their tax bills. Uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I say I, I want to give ourselves flexibility to provide tax relief. I think that's uh, uh, we don't know what that may look like. Not sure what we uh, what we do. I, obviously, as you guys know, I'm a, by nature a person that believes in. Uh, cutting people's taxes. I think when we cut taxes, every year we cut taxes, we come back and we have more money. So uh, I think it, it works out well. Uh, but we, you know, I'm, I'm, I want to make sure we support Hoosiers that could face higher um, property taxes and just face higher inflation. Yeah, they, they, they try and create more competition in both the insurer marketplace and the uh, and the um, and then the provider marketplace. You know, we we we've uh, we're talking about making sure that we have, uh, um, you know, robust sets of options for for people to go to, um, you know, more transparency. Um, you know, if you're above a certain price, uh, um, that, that, that there will be penalties. You know, again, we're a low cost state in, in almost every way in this area. We are out of line. And, and I appreciate 
IU Health coming to the table and saying we, we're going to freeze our, our prices and get back to the national average. That's what we're aiming for, and that's what we'll work together on. But, but really, we, wanna, we need to see more creation of more uh, competition in, in the marketplace, and we're, we're looking at incentives to make that happen. I'm still 10 away from Representative Ethan Manning. Um, do you have any sense of, if this were passed, how this would impact the Indiana public retirement system and its current investments? Would they have to uh, well, they need to stop working with certain banks and investment firms if they if they focus on those types of policies. Um, well, I think you've seen, I mean, you know, there have been some high-profile ones. I saw where Vanguard, who I think is the second largest uh, uh, provider of those funds, has, has stepped away from having that focus. Uh, so, uh, so I think, you know, there are obviously ones that are out there. But, you know, I know Representative Manning, you go one talk to Representative Manning, he's been talking with in-pers. And, and, again, making just sure the investment strategy focuses on returns. We were elected, you know, I, I believe this, you guys have heard me say this in the past. You know, my focus is the fact that, you know, their, their job is to invest and maximize returns. Our job is to create public policy. If they want to create public policy, they should run for elected office, not use it through our that's, pension funds. That's already in state law, um, requiring inferrors and anybody handling public dollars yeah. to focus solely on maximizing financial uh, benefits as opposed to anything else. So how would this be? It, it clarifies that and ensures that that, that, that is the policy of inferrors. On, on the what? I'm sorry. The forty-three billion dollar price tag of the budget. Yeah. Spending too much money. Yeah. Are you guys going to come in under that under budget? Well, I think you know the the again we we need to have a full caucus conversation about that. I know you know we have members who you know would like to to return dollars back to the taxpayers and and not spend as much. Uh, not have the state spend as much. So that'll be something that we'll talk about over the next next few weeks. It would. Yeah, it would. And well, I mean, you know, like a, certainly applied learning in, in math and sciences, you know, and, and you so many of these uh, uh, trades and, and skills, whether it's computer science or or automotive or you know where um, engineering are, are they're heavily based math and 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 um, and science courses and what we're trying to do is give the flexibility to dr. Jenner and in the state board to say hey you know count these financial literacy uh, count these as, as courses that, that would count towards the graduation requirement also achieving other ultimate ends which hopefully in many instances is a, is a, a certification that, that, that has value you know we know so many kids aren't they're just not they may go into post-secondary they may go into a training program they may go to a two-year four-year college they're also going to work and and uh we're excited about building uh, pathways and programs that can support kids i'd love for that to happen we'll see if it does so the state has a college showing you know right now yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a post-secondary problem post yeah you know, look, I want to make sure this is a this is a this is in collaboration with two and four year colleges, right? Because many of these programs are providing college level credit. So their certification programs are what they call stackable, stackable credentials and those types of things. So I think they're consistent 
uh, um, and I think that's important that they're consistent because again, what we don't want, we don't want to create a track. We don't want to create a track for kids that, that you know, are just, just two or four year college bound. By the way, again, as I noted earlier, the two and four year college bound kids, they need career experiences too. So they know what they want to focus on when they, when, when they get there. But this is, you know, it's so important to create a flexible system. That, that, that allows kids and families and needs to be relevant to them. I mean, over, I, you know, as I go around the state and talk to people, I hear this overwhelmingly. Our kids need to be prepared for their jobs and they need to be prepared for the type of experiences they're going to have, whether it's collaboration, whether it's, you know, um, uh, you know, just being in an office and learning how to be a professional, being on a being on a job site and learning what you need to do. We need to really give these kids a lot of experience. I feel so passionate about this because I think it's even more important for low income kids who oftentimes don't have those types of experience, who haven't had those types of experiences to make sure they're talking to people we're going to bring in part of our bill you know that make sure every kid has a has a career discussion because oftentimes they don't know what's available to them within their own communities they don't know what's available to them and i i should note this I, every employer group i group i talk to i challenge the heck out of to say we need you to give kids these types of experiences we're not going to solve your workforce problem we're going to give every ounce of flexibility to to encourage uh, the collaboration but, but we need them to offer more internships. We need more of them to offer more apprenticeships. And, and I challenge, I spoke to a group yesterday, and I challenge them. House Bill 1002 is for all of us. It's for the kid, it's for the parents, it's for the employer. This is, and, and, and I think that's what's so incredibly important. No, we're, we, you know, look, I think guidance counselors have a, so much on their plate already that, that uh, and, and God bless them for what they do is to bring people in the bill we call them intermediaries, folks that may be, uh, you know, it certainly could be anything from a, a, uh, you know, a a, a company, a trade association, a labor association, um, uh, you know, staffing firms who have incredible knowledge and expertise about what what jobs are available in, in those communities and those sectors and provide a robust range of options for kids to meet with. Because again, I think as, as noted earlier, those kids need to meet with, you know, if you have an interest in technology, if you have an interest in manufacturing, if you have an interest in hospitality, if you have an interest in engineering, you know, you should be talking to people in those sectors. Who picks up the tab? Because obviously, mental health is an expensive proposition. Yeah. They transfer people from jails to the hospitals. Any idea how much that would cost, and who picks up the tab? Well, we've been working with the. Uh uh, hospital association with our local with uh, the, the local jails. Uh, there'll be additional costs, but we think the cost of, of treating somebody is far better than the cost of incarcerating somebody. Again, this is not for for violent offenders. Public safety will always be paramount, but we want to make sure though that that you know those costs are. We're providing treatment where the person can. We're providing help where the person can get treatment. You know, and, and not just putting them in jail. Thank you, you guys. Have a good weekend. We got to deal with the February surprise computer. I have no idea. When you guys go home, we're still calling it.
This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.